Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Hi there. Welcome back to the Faith Love Sisters. We are on our third day of reading in the beginning of the book of James. Um, and just a quick sum up. We um, have talked about James being the brother of Jesus, but he didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was until after Jesus was dead and um, resurrected. And then he was had a, uh, pardon the pun here, a real come to Jesus and <laughs> realized that, hey, it's time to get my life together here. Um, <clears throat> and so he is writing to the a group of Christians who um, have been living kind of all over the place because they have been um, under persecution by the Roman empire. And so they have had to scatter and be all over and they are living among people who are not their same culture and do not believe the same things at all. And so James is really laying it out saying, listen, this is how you need to behave. This is how you don't need to behave. This is how you need to speak. This is how you need to believe and just really being very straightforward about it. So we are going to pick up today um, in James 1, 9 through 15, um, and we are going to um, talk about maybe a shift in perspective that James is, is um, producing here. So Terry, you want to start us out in James 1, 9? Yep. Um, 9 through 15, or 12, I'm sorry. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Yay, presents. <laughs> Fabulous prizes. <laughs> well, you know, you have to go through a lot of trials and stuff to get that one. Yeah. And persevere. Yes. Yeah, that's so uh -huh. funny. It's like, remember the crown of heaven and you get all this when you go to heaven. My whole attitude is like, I don't care if I get a crown. I don't care. I'm in, I'm in heaven. I made it to the doghouse. Giddy up. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> I know you should be aspiring to those, but I'm just like, yeah, okay. I'm with Jesus. It's going to be good. <laughs> and honestly, I think that that's going to be the end all be all. Just the fact that we're there with him. I don't know that we're going to pay attention to much else. <laughs> yeah. Why do I need I, more than that? I, yeah. There's five oh. crowns you can get. And yeah. um, I think if Jesus is passing them out, uh, I might want. Well, you'll well, take them. Not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want the trials. Can I just get the crown without the trials? Yeah. How do they fit on your head? All I'll, I'll take it as a tiara. A little something, a little smaller. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> wow. Did we really go off on that? Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of morning it has been. It is. Yes. Yeah. 
So let's kind of jump in to see beyond the current, the stacking crowns here, um, <laughs> kind of what James has to say, um, like really says with all this, because yeah, we know that pride will pass away like a wildflower with the sun rising and scorching heat. And like, that's all kind of flowery. Like, what's the meat of that? What does it really mean? Yeah, pardon the pun about the flower. Man, I am yeah. honey this morning. Um, <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> but, is, but isn't that, uh, that's so interesting that James is being like this flowery. That's mm-hmm. not James. No. I, I remember a guy, uh, um, I was listening to a guy and he said that James is like the Proverbs of the New Testament. It's like, bang, just lays it out there. But this one's a little bit more flowery. Part of it, I wonder, is James is doing the same thing Jesus did. Is like, look around you. Look at things. Things are dying. This is temporary. This may be beautiful right now. Excuse me. And a lot of times things are beautiful, you know, with the wealthy and the rich and stuff like that. But then it's gone. It doesn't matter. And I think he's talking about don't look just at your life here. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to see it further on. He he does repeat this theme throughout. Um, It's it's you're not trying to save up things here on this earth. You're trying to get wealth in heaven. And that could look very different. You know? Also, yeah, what's the saying? You know, go ahead, Terry. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, this, what's the saying? Like, he who dies with the most toys still dies? Yeah. Still dies. Yeah. 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 And don't keep building bigger silos for your stuff, you fool. Right. Tomorrow morning, you ain't getting up. Right, you know, and then mm-hmm. it'll be for nothing. You've wasted your time. I think also the um, the rich should take pride in their humiliation, um, and so this is all about the Christian life. This isn't for the world. This is for us, for believers, how we're supposed to think and act, right? And I think, um, yeah, there's lots of rich people who are Christians, and they can be humble, and they can use what God has given them fully knowing where it comes from to help others. Oh yeah. And that is their role. I'm not their only role in life, but you know, that's what they should be doing. And mm-hmm. so they should, you know, be humble about what they have and be willing to give it freely as the Lord leads them. And I mean, yeah, the Lord needs and uses people, for instance, to go on mission trips here or there or do, you know, whatever, but he they need money. You need money to do those things. And um, I think that's, you know, God blesses people so that they can bless others. So be humble about your stuff. Yeah, that's interesting, Terry. It's like God blesses everybody. You know, all of his followers are blessed at a certain level. And so being able to share that treasure with others, Mm -hmm. even if it isn't a million dollars, it's like whatever you have, whatever's in front of you, uh, how today do you need to share that treasure how today, that's what we all should be looking for. We're all, so the people that were in this situation, we were kind of talking beforehand, um, you know, the, the Jewish people, they had the diaspora, which is the scattering. So they're in different cultures. They're not of the same culture. Then they're canceled again because they go into the Jewish culture. They're not accepted in the Jewish culture, right? And so then there's just this little group of Christians. They're just trying to make it and hang on to it together. So they may or may not have been rich. Chances are they won't, weren't because they had to leave and leave their possessions and leave things. Um, 
but they still had enough richness, enough riches, and enough wealth to give to their fellow uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and to other people in need. And I know that James is, in this case, he is really talking about financial wealth is what he's talking about. Um, But there are times in our lives when we do not have that financial wealth to share. You know, they... People typically kind of have a financial cycle where they're, you know, good years and bad years. And um, especially, I would think, in this time when so much was agriculturally dependent, trading dependent, because that's all tied in cyclically. Um, So I think, too, that we're called to share our riches um, that are non-financial as well. So if you have a talent that God has given you, mm-hmm. it is not your job to hoard that talent away until you deem somebody worthy of receiving what your talent can be. You know, if you are an amazing quilter and that's your talent that God has given you, you shouldn't be quilting, quilting, quilting and keeping you know, four bedrooms full of quilts just so that someday when somebody is worthy, they can be gifted a quilt. If that is your gifting and that is your riches, then give it away. Share it. You know, I I think sometimes we'll say, yeah, the rich person is like, I'm not that rich. I don't have to give away a lot right Mm -hmm. now. But you're right. We all have riches. Mm -hmm. And we need to know that we're always always all in the game, meaning right. that you're right. You know, even if, so you make quilts and then it's like, so sell some, give that money to people so they can eat. But what if you're a good cook? Give some of that food to the, you know, p- people to eat. No. What if I you're a good it. shopper? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you, there's a need for that too. Hire yes. on to ship it, shipped or whatever it is. Right. Go shopping for people and make a living. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting to me that, we have the same issues today with how to manage the gifts and the resources that God has given us that they had in James' time. I mean, this could be written to all of us. Right. Absolutely. You know, I think that. Um, I think that's the way God planned it. I okay. love it that He does that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Amazing that the Bible holds true, right? That's kind of crazy. Well, one one piece about this is it's not he's not saying give ten percent to the poor. This isn't doesn't have the rule of the ten percent on that the tithing, mm-hmm. and I I was thinking about that quite a bit, and I was like, because maybe you don't have the ten percent to give away right now, but you might have five, and what if you just engaged in the five? Um, even just engaging at that level can help um, help someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other part is then we can't stand on our 10% and say, oh, I already gave 10%. So I don't have to do any more. When clearly a situation is in front of you to take care of, it's like then you give more. It's like this giving to the poor is very separate from the tithing piece. It's what's in front of you today and how can you affect that change for the kingdom of God? And what's your mindset around it? Yeah. You know, well, again, are you being is- prideful? I mean, Jesus came and he gave himself. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to be like Jesus, then we're going to give ourselves too. We're not just going to give our money, um, our time, our, we're going to give ourselves in totality and whatever that means, 
whatever that looks like for you, it, it could be totally different than it looks like for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this is sort of a recognition that there are thousands of ways to give yourself away in the kingdom of God. And so don't be proud if you've got money and that's how you give, that's great, but don't be proud of that because somebody else over here may give their time and time is a very valuable commodity too, or their care, their affection. I mean, people have all kinds of needs and God knows how to meet all those needs. And he generally uses other people to do that. There's that scripture that says, give, you know, and men will give into your bosom. So we give to God and then other people give to us. Um, And I don't think that just refers to money. I think that refers to all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what if we're tempted to give in the wrong way? Mm-hmm. Oh, let's continue on. <laughs> There's more. Um, James goes on and he continues to talk about temptation now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Terry, you want to read um, 13 through 15 for us? When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Oh, it's a slope. Oh, this one's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. It's our own evil desires. Yeah. And it feels like there's a big, like, sudden jump between, like, humility and that temptation. Mm-hmm. But when we are prideful, then that temptation creeps in to be like, hey, look what I did. Hey, look what I can do. Hey, look what I have. Um, and that is temptation that just creeps in very slowly. And then you go right down Terry's slippery slope. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I really read that, it was like, you know, I've read it before. Yeah, you know, one thing leads to another and everything. But I just thought about the um, how, it, how it grows. It's just a little temptation. And you know what? Everybody's tempted. Jesus was tempted. Mm-hmm. So the sin is not in the temptation because those things will come. Mm-hmm. just from living in this world. So everyone's tempted. But when you start to think about it and, you know, twirl it around in your mind, what would that kind of look like? How, you know, could I get away with that? Should I do something like that? It wouldn't hurt anything. I'll just try it once. I'll just do Is it, it really once. wrong? Right. You know, yeah. I think we, we, we can justify a lot of things. Yeah. So then you you give in to that. And then it says you're dragged away by your own evil desire. It's mm-hmm. not even, I mean, dragged away. Ugh. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. The first part of that is where they're talking about God does not tempt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when people say God is tempting me, God cannot be tempted by evil. So God's not evil. He's not the source of this temptation. And the whole point of temptation is to pull you from God. That's right, to separate you. Right. Mm-hmm. God wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. We do it. Like Terry was saying, we separate ourselves because of our evil desires. And it's just slight. It's not a giant jump because we would recognize it when we go, oh, wait, I don't murder people. No, no, that's not who yeah. I am because it's not part of our identity. 
-hmm. right? But when we have this identity of I'm someone who's in Christ and just so amazing that it's just, I'm awesome. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it just it starts sliding so easily. But but it's because I was willing to let I'm so amazing live in me as part of my identity, you know, instead of saying like, I'm a follower of Christ and it's amazing that I even got to this point. It's a real shift in how we think. And I think we start, the temptations that come to us um, they're unique for each person, depending on what our identity is and how we see ourselves mm -hmm. in Christ as a part of the kingdom. Yeah, because we're all created uniquely. We are all individual and um, we all have our own weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And that's where, that's where a slippery thing is too. It's like, well, so-and-so can do this. Like Terry can, can do this and it's fine. And she doesn't have any problem with it. But if I do that, then it makes me prideful or it makes me second guess, or it makes me go, well, God, why not? And that's where that temptation comes in that starts to separate when I'm comparing myself to someone else. Yeah. And again, originated by your own evil desires. Mm-hmm. To, and my, de my, my desire to do exactly what Terry does or do better than what Terry does mm -hmm. or do whatever. Yeah. It's that comparison. Mm -hmm. Generally, it's, we, oh, go ahead, Angie. I'm sorry. No, ahead. Um, I think it is very important to realize that God is not ever the one tempting us. Mm -hmm. um, now, he'll, he might use a temptation to um, grow us in some regard or to reveal to us a weakness that we have, but all of that should turn us to him. Um, it should make something rise up in us that says, oh my gosh, I need God for this. I can't do this on my own. Um, but he is not the author of temptation. He does not tempt us. That is not in his nature. And the word is really clear about that. So temptation comes from ourselves or it can come from the enemy too. I think the enemy's really good to see what our weaknesses are and to put things in front of us that might draw us away from God. Mm, yes. Right. And what uh, might draw you wouldn't necessarily draw me draw or you? draw Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the Bible says that um, when these things do come up, when these temptations do arise, God makes a way out of it. He does. Right? He will always provide a way if you just look and choose his way. That's mm -hmm. the hard part. Yeah. And we have to choose. The only way that we can choose his way is by knowing what his way is. Mm -hmm. It's by praying. It's by listening. It's by studying. It's knowing by what knowing what his will is. Right. And then letting that will be who we are letting that come in and change our identity. And so that we stay on guard and we're looking for this. I know chocolate can get me every time, right? It's like, it's so obvious it's happened so many times, right? Mm -hmm. What about white chocolate? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the whole thing is when I get my identity and I get really clear about that, like, no, no chocolate. Anything that might say chocolate in it, Right. Um, it's just something I need to stay away from. And that's a barrier that I can um, erect against myself. Meaning that I don't have to engage in this, this piece because I can move over to my identity in Christ 
and say, God, I, I know that you said no to this. And so, I trust you. I know who you are. So, it's like we are on guard for that. But then we also have defenses, and our defenses is the very Word of God, the very character of God, the presence of God. Because evil can't stand in the presence of God. I can't believe it. I was just starting to clap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Go> <laughs> it doesn't work it. on a podcast. All of them would have gone, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and all of you would have gone, ah! <laughs> well, that's but, it. We have to know who God is. Mm-hmm. Know the attributes of God. Know that He is good. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Believe that and lean into it when those things pop up and tempt us. Yeah, like sometimes, you know, a door gets goes off hinges or whatever and we can fix it because that's a problem that we can fix. But when we're dealing with sin and temptation, we need to treat it as such and we're not the ones who fix it. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, we can erect those barriers. We can keep our mind, use the mind of Christ. There's a whole bunch of things, tools that God gives us in His Word, but it's effectively God doing that work in us. Uh, one of my things I say is like, notice this is sin, treat it as such. You're not the one who's going to fix this, Rosemary. God's going to fix this. And you can just pray and let go and turn from whatever it is, turn to God. We always have that chance. That's called repentance. Repentance means turn away. I think it's important to note too, that sometimes we recognize sin and we are tempted by sin and we step out in that. That doesn't make us any less. That does not make us any less in God's eyes. That does not um, make us any less deserving of Jesus' love or His sacrifice. And sometimes, right? And sometimes we need extra help. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not as easy as you know what I see that this is a temptation and I'm just not going to do it because this is what I recognize. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not as easy as like, man, I really did that and I messed up, so now I need to repent and now I'm done. Some things it is that easy, mm-hmm. but sometimes things are a lot bigger and a lot deeper and you need help. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the tools that God gives us. Like Rosemary was talking about different tools that God provides. And sometimes seeking professional help is one of those tools. Sometimes reaching out to a trusted friend is one of those tools. Um and somebody who can help keep you accountable because sometimes we just straight up aren't strong enough to do it on our own. Mm-hmm. So, and there's no shame in that. No, there is no shame in that. God's put us in a community of believers mm-hmm. for a reason. Yes. Yeah. And there will be times if there has not been a time in your life already that you have needed to ask for help. One, you're a big fat liar because everybody <laughs> If you are old enough to listen to this podcast, you have needed help in Mm -hmm. some way or another. Whether or not you asked for help or accepted help, that is on you. But, and that's a pride issue. But there will be times in every single person's life where you will not be able to do something on your own and you will need help. And that is tempting to say, no, I don't need that. And that is prideful to say, no, I don't need that. And that is going back to the beginning of this where James is like, you are going to wither under the scorching heat of the sun. So anyway, sorry, that went like way more intense than I had intended. (laughs) That's good. But I kept going, scorching heat of the sun. It's really cold right now. So it's like, that's a good thing. (laughs) But that's really what it comes down to is like, 
yes, God, and you need to use the tools that He has provided for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and wanting to say a little bit more about that path, it starts in us. It does not mm-hmm. start in God, but it leads to death. That's what we need to just be aware of. Like like you were saying earlier, it was like, we may think, oh, yeah, we can do this a little bit. We can do this a little bit. But then how far is too far? Yeah. And He's, it's not just um, leads to death, not just spiritual death. I mean, mm-hmm. eventually, you know, everything leads to actual physical death. But it could lead to death of um, relationships, the death of a marriage. Mm-hmm. Death of a family um, community, it, it mm-hmm. leads down some really bad roads. Hey, it can even lead to the death of our own joy. Yes. Because we can't experience because we're so fixated on this temptation. Yes. We just miss what's right in front of the joy that God provides for us. Yeah. The good news is that there is no point of no return for us. Mm-hmm. Maybe on this earth, there are things that would not be able to be repaired. But the relationship with Christ is always available. Mm-hmm. Always. There is no point that we will reach where God says, I am done with you. Until your mm-hmm. last breath, He will be pursuing you. Yeah. So That's a good reminder. Well, Terry, do you want to close us out before I get even more intense again? (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff about all of it. Let's pray then. Okay. Lord, we just thank you so much for um, your word. We thank you for James uh, writing these words that are so, um, so important for us, so detrimental to our living our way of life and um, to understand that temptations and trials are definitely coming. They, you, you can count on it, but also to know that we can count on you to be our help in those times. If we just lean on you, Lord, if we look to you for our answer, if we can just turn toward maybe someone else that could help us out, a friend or a counselor or um, someone near that could point us to Jesus and to point us back to the word that points us always to you. And Lord, we just thank you for the reminder that Suzanne gave us that there's never a point where we've gone too far that God will not accept us back into the fold. Um, He wants us to repent, to turn from um, sin that we may have gotten ourselves into and to return to him uh, because he loves us and he's a forgiving God. And um, we just thank you for that. Um, uh, I don't know, little spot of comfort that we can just know that you're there for us no matter what. And um, we thank you for that, Lord. And I ask you to um, have each listener to this podcast think deeply about where they're headed, where their path is, to be aware of trials and temptations when they come and to make a conscious choice to turn back to God. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>